Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We are in a series entitled Me and My Big Mouth, and we want to get your big mouth pointed in the right direction. Uh, and so today what we're talking about is four things you simply must do. For those of you who are taking notes, you can write this down. For those of you who don't like taking notes, you can still write this down on the screen. Four things you simply must do. Number one, we're going to wake up and we're going to speak the word of God over our lives. We're going to wake up every day and speak God's word over our hearts, over our lives, over our families, uh, over our children, over our marriages. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And so we're going to wake up and we're going to speak God's word. Number two, uh, we're going to answer temptation. We're not just going to face temptation. We are going to answer temptation. When our flesh is tempted to do something we know it should not do, we are not going to think about how strong the temptation is. We're not going to sit back and allow temptation to just build in our lives. We're going to answer temptation. We're going to answer bad habits. We're going to answer things that are pulling on our flesh. We're going to use our words to combat temptation. Number three, this is big in my heart. We're going to dream out loud more. Uh, We're going to pull our friends together. We're going to talk about something that's exciting in our future, and we're going to dream out loud. Uh, For many of you, tomorrow will be Valentine's Day. Uh, If you didn't know that, now you know. You have no excuse. It's not too late. My Valentine is here on the front row. Come on, let's give it up for Miss Chevy here in Lakeland. Oh, man, Valentine's Day. Uh, But one of the things that we all always like to do when we get together is to dream out loud. Where are we going as a family? Where are we going as a married couple? What are our plans? What are our goals? Uh, This is good for clarity, but it's also powerful to dream out loud. For those of you who might not be married, I can remember some of those powerful times in my life life was getting together with, with fellow friends and praying over our futures together. Uh, And we had a season uh, where many of the things that I prayed for in that season, I'm living out in this season. But we just got together as a core group of friends and said, where do we want our lives to go? And in our our late teens and early 20s, we got together and prayed those things out. I, I want you to get with people and dream out loud together. And number four, I want you to curse the tree. Anything in your life that's disappointing to you, anything in life that's not producing fruit, anything in your life that needs to go, I want you to begin to speak to those things. Jesus said, don't look at the mountain. Don't talk about the mountain. Talk to the mountain. Uh, We curse disappointing things and and we just use our words to combat disappointment. We're going to curse the tree. So we're going to talk about each one of these things. Let's start off with number one, wake up and speak the word. And I want to go to the word for this point. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Uh, We're going to Isaiah chapter 55 and we're going to look at verse number eight. Uh, And if you didn't bring a Bible or you're watching online, no pressure. They will have the scriptures on the screen right next to me. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 8. Here God is talking. He says, for my thoughts 
are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Let's just stop right here. Uh, How many of you know God is not bragging? Uh, This is God uh, not sitting in heaven saying, I am better than each and every one of you, and I just want you to know it. My ways are better than your ways. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. Uh, This is not God doing that. This is God actually, are you ready for it, correcting us. Uh, He's saying there's something that I do that is different from the way you do it, and I want you to come up higher. Uh, There's a way that I think about something. You're not thinking about it this way. And I want you to come up higher, uh, that I want you to learn from me. And, and keep in mind, we said this last week, one of the big emphasis of the, the New Testament is to be imitators of God, uh, is to come and figure out how is God doing something? Okay, let me do that. How did Jesus do it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? He didn't do that to just impress me. He did that to instruct me. Let me do that. How did Jesus encounter disappointment? Let me encounter it that way. How did Jesus encounter temptation? Let me encounter it that way. How did Jesus encounter uh, those who were caught in sin? Let me encounter people that way. Like, let me become like Christ. What would Jesus do? They even made bracelets about it. So here God is saying, like, come up and see something the way that I see it. I've got a way of doing things, and you're not doing it this way. I'm here to course correct that. And watch what he says we need to change. Uh, In verse number 10, for as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter in which I sent it. Uh, He says that words return to the sender. But they don't return empty. They return with what you sent them for. So he said, and the way I see this is just like the rain goes forth from the heaven and then waters the earth and then comes back into the heavens. He knew about evaporation even before scientists did. Uh, He said, so will your words be. Your words, they leave your mouth, they go and water your life, and they return back to you with the fruit that they produce. Uh, The book of Proverbs, we looked at this last week, said you will eat the fruit of your lips. Uh, We said, Jesus said last week, that it's by your words you will be justified, and it is by your words that you will be condemned. And so here what God is saying is, is I send my words to accomplish what I desire. And if you're going to be like me, I want you to send your words to accomplish what you desire. Do you desire to see that in your life? If no, stop talking about it. Uh, Do you want to see that in your marriage? If no, stop talking about it. Um, Well, you always, do you want to eat the fruit of those words? You never pay attention to me. Do you want to eat the fruit of those words? He says those words, they don't just go out of your mouth. They go and do something in the thing you sent them into. And then they come back to you and you are eating the fruit of your words. 
You know what we're seeing right now? We're eating the fruit of our words about a nation. We're eating the fruit of our words about a world. We're eating the fruit of our words about our children. We are eating the fruit of the words about our health. We said this last week, but it's so big in me. I guarantee you, you look at your words about a city, and then you look at the city, they match. You look at your words about your health, and then your health, they match. And the reason why is God is saying, would you please think like me and see if you don't desire it, don't send your words there. Speak life. I've set before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. And I want you to wake up every day and begin proclaiming God's words over you. Uh, Watch your I am statements. All throughout uh, Jesus' ministry, you would see him say a lot, I am. And it was always something positive. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And this even came up so big in my heart when I was praying for this message of just uh, words like, I am lonely. Uh, And what if we could change that word and use loneliness as a cue for something else of when you're feeling lonely, pull back and say, you know what? I am just so thankful. And begin to shift your focus onto what you're thankful for. I'm, I'm thankful I've got a phone I can pick up and call people. I'm, I'm thankful I've got two eyes I can see the phone with. I'm, I'm thankful I've got breath in my lungs today. I'm thankful I can sing and I can worship God. I shouldn't record or hold a microphone. But I can sing and I can worship God. I, I'm thankful that, that I have a, a, a legs that I can move and I can operate and I can work. Father, I'm just so thankful. I'm just so thankful. How many of you think that if you just replaced, I am just so lonely with, I am just so thankful within a couple of minutes, you would feel something entirely different in your body, in your home, in your life. How many of you think if you lived with someone who just constantly said, you are always kind. Uh, You are always so sweet to me. You are always so, you're so handsome. Look at you. And a man already thinks he is. A man could be so out of shape, flex one time in the mirror and think he's still the man. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, he enjoys hearing it anyway. Uh, that out of that, if we could just speak life, immediately we would feel something different in us. We would feel something different in our home. We would feel something different in our marriages and our families because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, they eat the fruit thereof. God says, do you want that coming back to you? If so, uh, say it. If not, don't say it. Years ago, I, we, were, we were talking as a lead team about different things we could do for visitors. And when we first started pastoring, we had new visitors uh, who had come in. And we're like, well, what can we send them? Like, what can we send visitors? We want to give them a T-shirt, like a coffee mug. And I went to Outback, and I saw a boomerang on the wall. And I had an idea. I'm like, I wonder if we could get, like, styrofoam boomerangs. Uh, and mail them to people. And with a note that said, boomerangs come back. You should too. Uh, and so, right, so we began nailing them out. And people loved them. Uh, but they got so expensive. So we decided not to. Uh, so, so, but here's my point. Is just like boomerangs, your words come back to you. Your words about your children are coming back to you. You are eating the fruit of your words. Your words about your emotional state are coming back to you. And by no means am I saying we should not express what we're going through or open up and talk to people. No, we need to release. 
But I love what Paul did. He said, you know what? I may be cast down, but I am not out. Like, end on the positive. I may be going through something, but God is going to bring me out of this. I may be having a situation where it seems like I, I, I kind of feel like I'm all alone, but I know God is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Let's end on the positive side of life. And, and every, every psychologist and therapist I know always who, who I talk to uh, and, and talk about kind of like the message of faith with and with the, what the Bible teaches about this says we need that honesty. But where we're trying to get people to is always to this place of positivity. Uh, that we come back, that our words, even on our emotional state, have power over how we feel and how we process life. Begin to change your words, and as you change your words, you can change your life. Now, why wake up and speak the word of God? Because the Bible uh, teaches us that there's power in, in habits and power in processes. Jesus had a custom, as his custom was, he went into the house of the Lord, and and so we know God has kind of built us into this. And on average, most people speak 16,000 words a day. Now, some of you, you help, you know, make that average a little higher. Uh, others of you, you kind of lower it. Uh, but 16,000 words a day is the average, which means that each one of us typically speak enough words in a day to write a 60-page book. Um, and I'm not sure how positive that is because the Bible says in a multitude of words there's always sin, uh, that we should be slow to speak and really be mindful that our words have power. Uh, but one of the things I noticed in my life is that when I wake up and I just speak positive things and send my words to the things that I desire to accomplish, it has an effect on the rest of my words throughout that day. Uh, and I just want to encourage you, like, speak God's word over your life. I am wise. Christ has been made unto me wisdom. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I am blessed in the city and I am blessed in the field. I'm blessed just because I came in and blessed just because I went out. I am blessed by God. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Great is the peace of my children and my children will be mighty in the earth. They will rise up and be strong for God, led by his spirit, confident in their call. They will not lose for winning. They will not be overcome for overcoming. There is power when you do this. And, and what you'll see that as you begin confessing those things to start your day with, it'll course correct you throughout the day. Uh, and, and you'll be mindful of those things to so just stay on God's side. And this is what all of this is about. We're not trying to manipulate God with our confession. Uh, it's, it's not trying to like say a bunch of things to get God to do it. It's not us getting our, our words over into a place where, where God is just trying to, you know, be with our words. It's getting our words to agree with God. I'm not trying to get God to agree with my words. I'm trying to get my words to agree with God. What does God say about me? What does God say about this situation? Let my words go to that place. Uh, so last night, I pulled my son aside. He's 14 years old, just turned 14, my oldest son. I'm having to help him shave and everything. 
I'm like, what is in this chicken we have been feeding you? I don't remember shaving at 14. Uh, But uh, anyway, like we're going through this whole process. And uh, for his 14th birthday, and really for every birthday for the last couple of years, he doesn't want to party, just wants to be with me, which could make me cry. Uh, But I'll be a man. And, and, you know, no, men cry, men cry. But uh, especially about that kind of stuff. But it just means so much to me. And so we spend a, a couple of days together every year on his birthday, just me and him. And we eat, and we'll go to a basketball game. We'll just do something fun. Uh, and so out of this, uh, I was studying while I you know, had some downtime for this message. And I saw this one pastor call this young guy up on stage. He's a college-age kid, and the kid comes up on the stage, and he's like, uh, I'm going to show you the power of words. And he gets this, this young guy to kind of stick out his arms like, like this. And he's like, okay, now put him back down. And he said, repeat after me. And he makes this young guy go through all these negative confessions about himself. I am uh, a bad student. No one likes me. No matter what I do, I can't get attention. Uh, no matter what I do, I just don't succeed. Uh, I'm ugly. Like all these like horrible, horrible things. And he's like, hold out your arms again. And when he holds out his arm, he's able to push his arms down. Uh, like very easily. And he's like, now, okay, be positive. Uh, The favor of God is on me. God is going before me. God's giving me wisdom. You know, God's moving in my life. Like all of these positive things. He's not, now lift your arms up. He lifts his arms up and he's not able to push his arms down. He's like, well, did I use any greater force? He's like, no. He's like, what you say has a physical impact on your body. And I'm like, that's amazing. So I pulled my son aside last night, who just turned 14. I'm like, I may use you for a message illustration. Uh, and I'm like, uh, say this with me. And so he starts laughing. I'm like, be serious. I need to see if this works. Uh, so I'm like, say this with me. I am ugly. He's like, I'm ugly? And I'm like, just say it. Uh, like, I am ugly. I'm ugly. No one likes me. No one likes me. I can't get anything right. I can't get anything right. I'm like, now lift your arms up. He lifts his arms up. I can't push him down to save my life. He's been working out. I'm like, well, that kid must have been weak. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, and, and then, like, I, I'm, I'm looking at him, he's like, what are we doing? I'm like, it was a bad message illustration. Come here, you're none of those things. Because I gave him no context for it whatsoever. Uh, so I'm like, no, you're handsome, and you're wonderful, and you're mighty. And you know why it was so foreign and laughable to him? Because as a father, he has never heard me call him any of those things. And God is your heavenly father. He calls you the head and not the tail. He calls you blessed even in your sin. He doesn't label you as a sinner. He calls you out of your sin. This is your heavenly father. And I want to encourage you, get your words in agreement with who your heavenly father says you are. Speak life over yourself. Speak blessing over yourself. Wake up every day and get your words in agreement with God. Do you want to eat the fruit of that word? Don't say it over yourself. If some of you talk to others the way that you talk to yourself, you wouldn't have any friends. You're just so lazy. What's wrong with you? You never get anything right. You're just so undisciplined. Your kids wouldn't even like you if you talked to them the way that you talk to yourself. Stop. Speak life over yourself. Send your words to the thing you want to accomplish. Number two, we're not only going to wake up and speak God's word. Number two, we're going to speak to temptation. Uh, For this, we want to look at the book of Matthew. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse number 1. 
Uh, here we're going to see something very interesting. And, and remember, the whole goal of this is to find out uh, how does God and Jesus operate. And let's just be imitators of them. And in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, we see something very interesting happen in Jesus' life. It said Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Uh, for me, it would read after he fasted four minutes. Uh, he became hungry. Uh, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to a holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And he said unto them, All these things I will give you if you will just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came, and he began, uh, they began to minister to him. Now, this is very interesting because we see Jesus' private life. And we see this wrestle going on in private between Jesus and temptation. Uh, now, I know for many of you, uh, we'll never see your private life because we're so good at hiding it. Uh, but if you could pull back those layers and we could see your private life, we would see a wrestle where there is something that is wrestling with you, trying to defeat you, reducing you to your worst self. Uh, when you fall to that place, you're feeling a lot of shame. You're feeling a lot of insecurity. And that's why you, like Adam, try to hide so much. Hide from God, hide from Eve, hide from others. I, I won't let my wife see this. I don't want my son to see this. I don't want my, my friends to see this. I don't want my coworkers to see this. That I, I'm wrestling with this, and so many people are in this place. They're in private. Uh, they're there at this place, and there is this wrestle to do things that they know they shouldn't do, uh, to, to be lazy or to, to make a decision uh, to do something that they know if they did it, they would improve their life. Uh, but it's just easier to stay in bed, and it's just easier to not do this. And they have this inward dialogue that goes on of, like, weighing out the pros and cons of, like, you should do this. And it's like, no, you shouldn't. And a lot of people think that they're just wrestling with themselves. And let me help you today. The reason why you've been in this place for a long time is you have not understood what Jesus understood here, that this is not just to wrestle with you. This is not just a wrestle with you. That we are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. This is not just like I will woman up or man up and use more power and more willpower and I'll be better tomorrow and I would come to you and say, how well is that working? This is not just you. There is a thief. There is a tempter. He existed from day one. He is the first thing we see in Jesus' ministry is there is someone coming with this inward dialogue trying to reduce you to your worst self and to make you make decisions that will be bad for you. And it is not just you. There is a thief who must be resisted. 
And if you resist him, he will flee. But here's something you have to know about your enemy. He cannot beat you until he disarms you. But when he disarms you, he can beat you. But as long as you stay armed, you can beat him every single time. And the reason why this is powerful is what the the, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 6. Watch this, Ephesians chapter 6 on the screen in verse number 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Watch this, keep going. For our struggle, it's not just against yourself. For your struggle is not just against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers and against powers and against the the worldly forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces and wickedness in heavenly places. It keeps going here. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the, I, I like how it phrases this, the evil day. Have you ever had a moment in a day where it just seemed like more temptation was there than at other times? Uh, Have you ever had like a season of life where it just seemed like in this season there was a season of manifold temptation? Of just things in your private life trying to reduce you to your worst self? Do you see how scripture says there are evil days? There there are moments where where the devil is really working on you. He sees you on the cusp of, of you really breaking through and he's trying to get a stronghold on you to keep you from becoming that person that you know you can be and God has called you to be. And out of this, notice what Scripture is teaching you to do. One, don't be ignorant that the devil is there, that you're not just wrestling against you. There is something else trying to keep you from being the person God has created you to be. Two, I'm not getting you all dressed up and giving you no place to go. How many of you know tomorrow on Valentine's Day, if you came to your wife or significant other and came to them and said, hey, I want you to get all dolled up, like bought the dress, all those types of things. And, uh, you know, they buy the dress and get the earrings and get the necklace. And it's like, can't wait for Valentine's day and then six o'clock rolls around it's like when are we leaving and you're like where are we going uh you're not going to get her all dressed up and give her no place to go how many of you know god's not getting you all dressed up and giving you no place to go like there's some battles to face there's some things to accomplish and he says there are evil days that are going to come in your life so watch what we do here having done everything to stand stand firm how keep going here uh verse 15 on the screens ephesians 6 verse 15 and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace keep going here in addition all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He keeps going and taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He said, faith will shield you from the attack. But here's the thing I love about scripture. It says out of all the pieces of armor, you've got one piece that is offensive. If you want to just take the attack, put on these pieces. But if you want to stop the attack, you need an offensive weapon. What is your offensive? weapon it is the word of God and that word word means the spoken word of God that you're coming back and you're saying no I will not listen to you any longer I'll not let you tell me these lies I'll not let this pool continually be on my flesh I say in Jesus name every area of my life that has been undisciplined is being replaced with extreme discipline by the power of God 
that I will not serve you any longer. I will not go near you any longer. I will not watch you any longer. I'll not participate you in with any longer. I'll not drink you any longer. You're not going to have me any longer. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, I want to encourage you. If the devil can get you in your mind like he got Adam and Eve, he will whip you every time. He brings thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And he comes with Jesus. And he's bringing these thoughts. He's bringing these ideas. And he's bringing these suggestions. And you see what Jesus does that's different from Adam and Eve? Instead of thinking about them, meditating on them, considering them, instead of feeling shame about what they did, he gets up and he says, but God has said this. And he starts swinging that sword and he comes to a place of freedom. And I want to encourage you in your life, you can come to this place of freedom as well. When temptation comes, use it as an alarm to lift up your voice and speak the word of God over your life and over your family. I I want to end today's service uh, with worship and, and just have a moment. We'll talk about the next two next week. I want to invite you to come back for that. Uh, But what's been so big in my heart is just how much faith people in Scripture had in the power of words. You have a young man in Esau who is literally weeping because he's craving his father's words over his life. And you have a brother in Jacob who comes up with a scheme uh, not to get money, not to get a car, not to get a house, but to get his father's words over his life. And I I just sense in my spirit and sense in my heart that so so many of us have marriages that are weeping like Esau, just crying out for different words. Calling out, you know, crying out to be called loved and to be called forgiven and to be called intimate and be called fun. And so many of us have children that if we could reveal back the layers of their flesh and we could see their spirit and see their heart, that we would see like Esau, they're, they're, they're literally crying out to be called loved. They're they're crying out to be called uh, accepted. They're they're crying out to be called well-pleasing. They're they're crying out to be called disciplined and talented. They're they're crying out to be called, like, wonderful. Did you, you hear the names that God gives his son Jesus? Wonderful, counselor. What have we labeled our children? What adjectives have we attached to their names? And if we could just change those words and and label them with like these strong labels that they would rise up to that. I just sense that so many of us like have jobs and career opportunities that we have to understand like for the children of Israel, they didn't make it in their promised land because they constantly complained about the promised land, complained about the journey. We have Joshua and Caleb who made it in the promised land because they blessed it with the words of their mouth. I feel like so many of you on your careers, you've got careers that are crying out for the blessing of the Lord. Crying out just for you to proclaim favor and to proclaim increase and and to proclaim freedom. That so many of our bodies are crying out and just saying, would you speak something different over me? Would you start calling me disciplined? Would you, would you just crying out like Esau? Would you start calling me the way God sees you? Would, would you just start calling me free and, and calling me able to walk away from all these things? Instead of asking what is wrong with me, just say you've been bought with a price. God saw you as precious and wonderful. He is liberating you and free, like crying out for different words over ourselves. 
And let's just make a decision today in worship that no longer will we speak death and destruction, but we will speak life and blessing and peace. We will agree with God and speak his word over our life in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet at all of our campuses. I'll pray and then we'll worship. Father, we come before you today and we thank you. We will speak life. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We will speak life over our families. We will speak life over our future. We will speak life over our children. We will speak life over our our habits. We will speak life over our bodies. We will speak life over our nation. Father, we will speak life over our world. We'll speak life over our cities. That, Father, we'll not sit in the darkness and complain about it, but like you did in the middle of darkness, you will call for a great light. And, Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus that as we begin to just relabel things and speak life over things and speak life over ourselves, That, Father, you begin to work with us, confirming the words that we speak with signs following. Father, we love you so much today, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.